Hey Atari Hackers, welcome to this podcast episode where we are going to be talking about the latest Google Core Update, the May 2022 Core Update. For a lot of people, I know it's not good news, but there is some stuff that we need to unpack here. And most importantly, we are going to be talking about the way we're actually dealing with Core Updates now. You can't deny it, they are a fact of life at this point when you run SEO, there are big swings that happen to your traffic. I challenge you to find any authority site that has been running since like three or four years at least that hasn't had any of these big swings. So we'll show you the methodology that we use to actually deal with them and try to recover some of the traffic and hopefully recover by the next core update. Now there's been a little bit of a technical problem with this podcast. I actually cropped my video wrong when I exported it. So you will see me cropped a little bit through that video. I hope it doesn't bother you. The info is still very good and I hope you will enjoy this episode. So if you enjoy the kind of podcast where we actually talk about the news, etc., don't forget to like, subscribe, give us a comment. We always appreciate you doing this. Let's get started with the episode. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Authority Hacker Podcast. So core updates, they're a little bit like COVID. We thought it was going to be done in six months, three years ago, and we still get them regularly and we still have to deal with it three years later. And for that reason, we decided to, despite the fact that we have made podcast episodes about core updates, you know, in the past, at the beginning when it started happening, we decided to make another episode on kind of like how to deal with it how we deal with it because we've been affected by them as well. And yeah, how to handle that stuff because a big core update just dropped the May core update. And we're going to be talking about this specifically as well so that we'll tell you what we think. We'll talk about a bunch of like specifics of that update and so on. Uh, but we'll also talk about in general how to deal with them. So obviously for this episode, I have the best person to talk about this with me and it is Mark. How are you doing, Mark? Not so good. I've got COVID. <laughs> See, that's um, what I was talking about. And I would, uh, I like how you link those two things together. That's very clever. I think they're like equally annoying, you know, it's kind of like. Well, I don't know, because I would say COVID's like really annoying for maybe a week, week and a half, but then it, it just goes away. You don't really have to do yeah, too much. Not so much. Whereas yeah. core up updates, if you don't do anything, then probably they're going to stay around for a while. So you, this is what we're going to talk about today. I they're think. more like herpes, you know? <laughs> it's like, all right, let's not, let's I, not I mean, get I don't speak from personal experience, so I don't Me know. Neither. But. <laughs> if you want to talk about something, you catch one and once and you have to deal with for a while, well, here you go, you know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> anyway, the only SEO podcast where we talk about herpes, welcome to the Ontario Hacker Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoy that podcast, don't forget to like, subscribe and everything. Uh, but let's just jump into the actual episode and let's talk about what happened. Can you just tell us, did Google make any specific announcement for the May update? Yes. As always, they announce it on their uh, developer's blog and they say something very, very generic about how you need to wait a couple of weeks till it fully rolls out and make sure you haven't violated any of our terms. We're not offering very specific advice for this as we do for any updates. Basically, it's a nice way of saying, yeah, we changed some stuff. We're not going to tell you what it is. Good luck to you out yeah. there. Yeah, pretty much. And good luck to you because it seems like lots of people have dropped traffic. Like if you check, you know, communities, Facebook groups, Twitter, etc. Like really, I feel like this time, like a lot of people are affected. Actually, one of our sites was that was affecting a previous update was affected a little bit, not too much, but still affected. But it's like if I check a lot of our members, but also a lot of a lot of SEO groups in general, lots and lots of people, you know, report like, you know, 20% traffic loss, 30% traffic loss, etc. Like these are numbers, not not side killing numbers, but you know, traffic drops, you know. You always have to be careful with this though, because you go onto any forum community Every and time, yeah. all of the people asking and complaining about 
about it, like who are really curious, are those people who are affected, ne usually negatively, because they're like, ah, oh, this happened, so I need to fix it. So that's where all the chatter is. The people who are just completely unaffected by this, they're like, huh, another update, don't really care, I'm just going to carry on running my business. People who are positively affected are like, oh, great, well, um, I make more money, I'll, I'll keep doing more of what I was doing before. And they're not the ones chatting. So you get this kind of skewed perspective on on what's really happening um, if you focus too much on. Yeah, I on agree. What I agree, say. but like the volume of the volume of chats is a little bit higher this time. I would say than like uh, I've seen, for example, in the previous one. And the other thing to remember is that like it's not as if all that like search has just disappeared. No, People are still typing these queries every day. Someone else has to won if your site lost. So yeah, but one thing that seemed to be quite particular to this update is that. A lot of people were like people call it banned from featured snippets, but like basically lost their featured snippets. They rank still like number one organic, so they're like just under the featured snippets. But we actually have one site that was affected where we did have several featured snippets. And now if you check in HFs, we have none of them. It's just like some other bigger authority sites took them. We still rank well for the query, right? We're not obliterated or anything like that. We're like, you know, in, always in the top three pretty much when we had the featured snippet, we're still doing well and we're getting traffic, but not as much as when we had the featured snippet. And I think a lot of traffic drops can be attributed to that. It looks like, you know, while featured snippets was something that everyone had a shot at for a while, Google might be leaning towards, you know, making this more of an exclusive club where only sites beyond a certain threshold of authority, et cetera, would be invited to get a feature snippet, which is kind of like disheartening in a sense because it removes your chance at number one when you're not part of that club. So yeah, it's a little now, bit in, in some cases, I can understand why that would be because, you know, if there's like a medical term or something quite yeah, serious yeah. related to money or, or something like that, if the wrong person gets a feature snippet it's like taken out of context, you know, bad things can can happen. So you do really want to have a high threshold of trust for who you're letting give information out. Or even something more sort of benign about, you know, like um, how to like take care of your goldfish or, or, or something like that. You know, like it could actually injure injure a pet, right? So you have to be a bit, bit careful about those th those things. So I understand why that may be the case. And, you know, it's it's quite normal, I think, that you will see like lots of affiliates affected by, by this as we tend to be the people gaming the system the most. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, from a user perspective, it's better. I think the way people use Google has changed a little bit as well in the sense that feature snippets have been more internalized now and people expect to just find the answer on the query sometimes without clicking and so on. And so that content is not just an experimental feature anymore. It's really something that's core, a core part of Google after it's been like three, four years that there's feature snippets, something like this. And I could understand that they are... Uh, scrutinized for the information because also what's important is that information is on google.com so if there is you know false information that hurts people i think you know when they're having like congressional hearings etc that kind of stuff google they can be put like there's more responsibility on their shoulders when it's displayed on google.com than when they just link to a third party site for example and i think for that reason they might be scrutinizing what is on these future snippets a bit more which you know, it doesn't change the fact that like a lot of people listening to these podcasts will just, you know, lose access to featured snippets. And that's a pretty decent, I call it enough, uh, it's a pretty decent nerf to SEO for most people. But um, it looks like, like, you know, I've seen affiliate sites from pro members still and several of our sites like still get featured snippets. It's not like, it's really like the small sites that would be struggling with that. It kind of removes some like 
tactical aspect of early keyword research where like often I would pick really easy keywords, but go get the featured snippet really quickly and optimize for it. It looks also like the formula for featured snippets may have changed. So something that I've been talking a lot about is how you could spam the shit out of your keywords in featured snippets for a long time, right? You could just like, you could write strings of your keywords nonstop and get the feature snippet pretty much. This was how SEO worked in like the early 2000s. Just that whoever had the keyword in the most amount of yeah, times yeah, on your yeah. page was, was number one. So it's it's not like it's not that shocking ridiculous move, yeah. to, to think that the, the same sort of process has, has happened throughout yeah. the feature snippet. It era. looks like that's what's happening. They're kind of like refining it quite a lot. And it's like they might be applying a little bit more like analysis to the content and so on, rather than just like looking for the exact keywords, etc. So there might be like a new way to capture feature snippets that needs to be found. But like, and I'll talk about the way we're kind of dealing with all this stuff on our sites, but there is some testing to be done on de-optimizing feature snippets baits, like what we call feature snippet baits that are made for feature snippets. I'm not saying anything because we're running tests now and we don't have the conclusive answers and I really can't say anything about this, but it looks like something that deserves attention. That's all I'm going to say for now. Another chatter about this update was people saying that it targeted AI content. I don't believe it particularly is true. We have some, like we have been experimenting with AI content as well and we have pages that were, you know, half human, half uh, AI written. They didn't seem to take more than, than pages that were fully written by humans or anything like that. So maybe it's our small sample size or something like this that doesn't show us the full picture. But it's like, I think it, people are quite easy to call enough to like something that's just recently been the trend whenever there's like a broad recursive traffic, you know? For as long as I can remember being in this industry, whenever a Google update comes along, there's this kind of like search to find that one answer, that one reason or explanation for yeah. what's happened to like, I don't know, justify it to yourself somehow. And uh, that actually used to be possible in, in the early days. There was often one or two things 10 plus years ago that the result in this. But now, like the core core algorithm updates, there's there's so many different things changing every day. And then all these kind of like big things are rolled in at the at the same time when these updates come on. It's just it's not possible. But if you go on YouTube, if you go on Twitter, you'll find people claiming to have the answer, but they usually have some kind of penalty recovery service or a product to sell you at the same time. So you just gotta be a little bit bit careful about that. Yeah, so we're not selling anything on core updates here. So like, you can listen to us. We might say the wrong thing, but we're not gonna profit from it. That's what you can, <laughs> that's what you can be assured of. That's the guarantee we're making on this podcast. Yeah. So like, the thing as well is, um, I mean, I was asking pro members like, okay, like, what do you want us to talk about in this podcast? And someone was a uh, was mentioning that we should have a calming meditation to start the podcast. Probably going to avoid that. But what I want to talk about is uh, some questions that people gave us. So one of them was, how long do you wait if you've lost traffic until you do something, right? It's like, do you go like the day after the update? Quite often, like, you know, they say two weeks, but I think Google is a bit full of shit. It's like, I think most of these updates happen within like three days and then it's kind of sorted and then it's just tiny movements, but like 80, 90% of it is kind of done within two or three days. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty rare that you like, you get spanked, lose and then you go back traffic up. and then th a week later, it's like, oh no, actually it's okay. No, nah, that mean, doesn't happen. I, I can't remember seeing that happen before. What happens, however, is people getting hit by a core update and then the next update, then they go back up. That happens. That's possible. But usually these people have walked 
difference between the two updates. And that's the thing. They, they didn't necessarily do nothing. But sometimes they also do nothing. It also happens. So I've seen cases where a site has legitimately produced, you know, best in, in the industry content. And it tends to be newer sites still, but like they've, they've produced excellent content and all that. And they get hit in an update and everyone who's overtaken them just has really crap content in comparison but it got fixed in the next update like google kind of realized the error of its its ways there so it does happen and to be honest like i mean every update someone says that right someone's gonna be like oh it's only shit content that ranking me it's not facts everyone believes their content is the best etc so it's quite tricky to kind of like take the sentiment away from the reality in these things unless you like look at hundreds and thousands of subs but like usually the larger the update, the more movement there was, the more likely they are to reverse things in the next update. I wouldn't be surprised to see some reversal in the next core update because this one seems particularly large. It, usually the smaller ones, there's not much reversal. The, the larger ones, there's a bit more reversal. People like comeback stories, etc. So like all hope is not lost, but it's probably better to like do a few things around if you want to improve things. And we're going to talk about what to do in a minute, basically. So that was the first question. How long do you wait until you do something? Um, and the next question someone gave me on the HPro group was what to look for after a core update. And it's like, I mean, on a broad level, you're looking for a large traffic loss. Usually day on day, you kind of see like a 20% traffic drop or something like that. That's how you can tell that you've been hit by a core update. Uh, but usually I like to like look at it on the page level because while often you most of your pages get hit often because you have the same kind of like editorial guidelines for all of them, etc. It can happen that some parts of your website get significantly more hit than others, and that's going to give you clues as to what to do to reverse some of these, actually. So it's quite handy. Another thing to look at, and that can be quite tricky, your traffic might look stable, but what's happening is that some of your pages went up and some of your pages went down. It's more rare, to be honest. Like usually the size gets smashed kind of like on a site level, but it can happen. So I tend to look at revenue as well because sometimes you lose traffic on money pages, you gain traffic on like info pages, your revenue dropped, but your traffic didn't drop as much. And quite often the percentage of drop of revenue is not the same as your percentage of drop of traffic. For us in the last updates, it has like been usually a little bit less drop of revenue than traffic, which is nice, but yeah, that happens. Large ranking swings, like, you know, go to to rank tracker, refresh your rankings. If you see like plus 20, minus 20, you know that, you know, you've been affected. And I like to look at impression count in Webmasters Console as well. It's kind of like the most sensitive metric, uh, but the problem with Webmasters Console is it's not updated in real time. Usually you have to wait like two days. Like you, you get you get data the, some data the day after, but usually two days to, for the full data and average ranking Webmasters Console. Anything you want to say? Well, well, anything else you would look at? No. Okay, so now what I want to talk about is the framework that we're using to basically attempt to get sites out of that traffic drop. And it's basically a testing framework. The idea is like to follow the scientific process. So make a hypothesis. So, you know, formulate an opinion. So for example, I'm not critical enough of the products I'm reviewing, or I have too many affiliate links on my page, or my word count is too high, things like that, like hypothesis like that. The second step is to create small scale testing. So usually we create cohort of pages, like five to 10 pages, where we apply changes and then we go and re-index them in Google and then uh, essentially observe the ranking fluctuations over the next two weeks. And then we basically arbitrarily, based on the results we see, so usually traffic and analytics, search impression, average ranking, webmasters, console, that kind of stuff, decide whether the test was a success or a failure. 
And if it's a success, we update our editorial guidelines and we run a round of update on pretty much all the articles that can where that test can be attributed. So like, you know, if we test it on roundup reviews, for example, we're going to be updating all our roundup reviews. If we test it on, you know, info content, same thing. For example, if we wrote our product description on roundup reviews, then we're going to be reordering, at least for the most important pages, all that content to the writers and make them do that. And then basically assess that. If it's a really big change, you can actually run this in batches. So let's say you run a cohort of like 10 pages, you got a positive result. What you do is then you run it on a cohort of like 30 pages or 40 pages. And if that's successful, then keep rolling out more and more and be willing to stop it if it actually doesn't prove to confirm the test you're running. Because testing on like five pages, 10 pages is still a low scale thing. Now let me just go one level deeper and let's go back to hypothesis. How do you decide what to do basically? The first thing we do is Google communication. Unfortunately for this update, it wasn't very useful. But for example, the review guidelines were quite interesting. Like, you know, they want to show that the person that writes about this is knowledgeable. So basically EAT, they say that. We're going to test it. We'll see if it makes a change to the rankings or not. We'll change it on five pages. Maybe we'll update the auto box. Maybe we'll update the auto page. And maybe we'll update the about page to try that hypothesis, for example. One of them was our featured snippet bait is too heavily keyword optimized, which is it worked before, but it might lean us into over-optimization. So we'd just be testing that. Another thing that I like to do is I like to observe the subs and essentially see who is ranking above me at that point. So if I was number one, I'm looking at who is ranking number one. I put open two browsers, my page, their page, and I make a bullet list of all the differences between their page and our page. For example, one site that dropped recently, we noticed that every page that ranks above us has these pros and cons on product description in round of previews, and we don't. So we're running a cohort test, adding pros and cons, and we have some early results that it's actually doing better since we added them. So it's one thing that works. But again, it might depend on the industry. So don't say like all around the previews need pros and cons. But in that case, it seemed to actually work. Third thing I look at is community feedback. So people talking on Facebook groups, on Reddit, etc. It's quite tricky, this one, because people say a lot of shit, to be honest. And you got to be a little careful. People talk with their emotions when there's a core update and so on. And I'm really looking for like a repeating pattern where I see the same message five times, 10 times, etc. And it wasn't relayed by a notorious SEO person. So like if, you know, historically, if we say something or if Matt Digity says something or Income School says something, people will just tend to repeat these things. And it doesn't mean it's just they're repeating the observation of one person. And to me, it doesn't count as something I should necessarily like trust 100%. Not that I don't, don't trust these guys. They're very good. Please don't, don't hate us in the comments. But you've got to try to get some numbers behind that and people who actually have done that. And that's basically how we find these. So find these, do a cohort of five, 10 pages, test if it's a winner, deploy to more pages, deploy to more, and then if it's a loser, just abandon the idea, basically. It's not perfect, but it's a good way to work. Is there a risk with some of this that just because you're doing some kind of update, like any update, that that's like triggering something? That's why we the, wait two weeks, because usually like you get a freshness boost for anytime you just, like this is uh, one of the biggest hacks in Google, right? It's like change your publish date and you get a ranking boost. <laughs> just don't ask me why, but it just works. And so, but usually that effect is short-lived these days. So it's like you get a boost for like a week, week and a half. And then after that, you kind of like slowly decay in rankings. And so like if you observe that, then you kind of want to wait till it stabilizes. 
But so that's why you need to wait a certain amount of time after because you're likely to get this freshness boost, especially because you've updated the actual content when you do that. It's not just changing the publish date. You've added something to the page or edited something on the page. And so you need to, to watch that out, but that's why you need to wait till it stabilizes. And you could essentially argue that this is stuff like regardless of whether you're hit by a penalty or, yeah, yeah, or yeah. not, like you should really just be doing this anyway, right? It's kind which, of like which is uh, the same for most of our penalty advice, you know. It's yeah, exactly like what core updates are just they're just not really penalizing anyone. They're just trying to rank sites in a different way. They just change the way they decide what is a good site, you know. And so this constant testing allows you to kind of get more in phase with Google. And so it's definitely something that we're like something that we didn't do systematically before. Like we would do random tests, but it wasn't as well documented as well tested, etc. And now we're like really building that framework around that. Essentially also like these these core updates kind of forced us to like look at this and work on that. And it's kind of like it's tricky because by the time you deploy like you know you do a test. So let's say you need to rewrite parts of your article, etc. Like even for a cohort of like 10 pages, if you get a freelance writer to do that, it could take like a week, you know, to get that content. Then you need to deploy it on your site, then you need to re-index, then you need to wait two weeks after it's re-indexed. So like a, a single test can take like four or five weeks. So it's not exactly like a quick fix or something because that's to get the answer to that test, it could take four or five weeks. But then after that, you need to deploy what has been winning to the rest of your site if you want to get the actual benefits from having run that test. And so like And it may be inconclusive. Like you may have to do yeah. this three or four times before you get anything. Which right? is why so. I said it maybe you're better off just increasing the size of the cohort after. Like you do for 25 pages, for example, and recheck, etc. So like because what you're trying to to do here is you're trying to preserve resources and only work on stuff that actually makes a difference. Like well at the same time just like using observation to make the best decision. And it's not it's not easy and it takes time, but it's probably the best way to over time kind of like reverse the negative effect of these uh, updates. It's unfortunately not like an overnight thing, press this button, get your rankings back. But usually because Google, because of the way Google works, they're basically rejudging your links and your content. And one thing that I wanted to mention as well, your hypothesis need to be done on a link level as well, not just for what's on your page. It's not just on page. These core updates could be reevaluating how links are calculated as well. We don't know about that. So it's like, you know, which pages you target for your link building, which criteria you are using to select sites that you want links from, who you are reached to, things like that. Like, And so you need to constantly, like now we have this, we're basically using uh, Asana, but we use it like Trello, you know, we use a Kanban board and we have a column that's like ideas with like a bunch of documented ideas and like screenshots and everything that shows everything that we want to change. And then we have this testing column where we have our staff that, you know, every time there's something done with that test, they drop a comment with URLs that have been worked on, what date, what rankings, what everything. And then eventually, uh, if it's conclusive or not, we post the result and we move it to the successful thing. And then some tasks come from like updating the content guidelines, updating the link building guidelines, you know, talking to a writer and change the way they write, uh, changing the way we score things, things like that. Like we change the way we run the website, you know, and so we do a core update to the way we run the website, you know? And it's like, uh, it's, not, it's not perfect, but it's probably, it's the best we've found at being preserving of resources and being like the most efficient, you know? Eventually, like, it's still like, we only started this recently, so I don't want to like say, oh my God, this is the solution to all core updates. That's what we're doing right now. Uh, we're quite positive. We've seen some positive results on some early tests, et cetera. So 
we're quite positive that this is going to be a good framework, uh, but we'll document more that more in the future if people are interested in that and if we get good results from it, basically. Like I want to see like a bigger trends of traffic on the sites now. It's too early to really tell. But that's that's how we're dealing with it. I think what this also what this framework also gives is a way to basically not future proof yourself, but give you a mechanism to deal with any future any potential future update yeah. that, that can can come at you. And I think that's that's a big problem because there's this perception that there's like a, almost like an element of of luck or randomness to like oh I'm going to do this stuff and maybe I'll get hit maybe I won't and then it's just like oh well I got unlucky with this site and I think and, the, on, on Google or something. The most important is like you know you run a site you get some success and you're just like oh let's scale this shit you know and let's do as much as we can and that's when you create SOPs etc and you just kind of like copy paste your process right the problem is like that tends to take you to a direction where you do like you've always done. So like, you know, you're, you're still writing your random previews like you did two years ago because you had some success there. And during that time, the industry evolves and like the, the content level increases and people do more things. And you haven't changed that because you haven't really gotten the feedback of lower traffic since then. And Google is pretty brutal in order to give you this, this feedback these days. It's just like overnight, bam, 50%, like 15% drop or something. Like it's brutal, but that's essentially the way they give you feedback on like, hey, you're not like, it's not exactly on the, up to the standards that we expect these days. And so I think if you run that framework, even when you're not penalized, it's like, it's probably a way to avoid getting these hits and overall just keep progressing. So it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited for the, the way that works. It's like, honestly, we should have done it earlier. We should have structured it earlier. We've done, we, we did stuff like that. We did tests, we did all that, et cetera. But now I like, I like how this is structured. It's flowing. We can give it to other people to do. It's like, it's organized. It feels good. Yeah, that, that's a really <laughs> important thing as well. When it's just you working in the company, like it's it's very easy to kind of like internalize a lot of this stuff and just kind of yeah, like, yeah. oh, it's it's obvious, I, you know? I had this content doing that and this one, that. But when there's more people, especially when you have multiple people doing SEO, link building, many different writers for each category and all that kind of thing, then this this can really, really help give you a framework to, to do all that. And if you're like an in-house SEO or something, who whenever some, whenever you get hit by a core algorithm update like this, you know, your boss or whoever is like, what happened here? And you're like, I don't know, it's a core algorithm update. Nobody knows. It's a very hard thing to like communicate upwards to management and stuff. But like having someone like this will show you, okay, well, this is what we're doing about it. And it's a bit more kind of, it's not entirely double-blind scientific standard level. No, it's not. And you can, you can never realistically get that with, with SEO, right? There's still an art form underneath all of that, but it gives you a, a more solid, logical approach, I think, to, to tackling it. Yeah, it's just like, uh, you know, now it's like I have this daily catch up with people who do these things, and I'm like, okay, like, what test are we running right now? Uh, what are the results of the things we launched lately, et cetera? Like, well, and then all the tasks, editorial tasks, like, come from this, et cetera. Writers get the visibility on this, et cetera. We create, you know, tracking cohorts in analytics, in the rank tracker, and so on. And it's very easy to see how test is going. And so like, it's really, I believe that's going to be a good solution for that. We just need a little bit more time to tell, but I'm pretty excited for that. I would say as well though, like um, many people think, oh, well, this is like a, a an SEO thing, a Google thing, but like whatever industry you're in, there's always this like one big player or, you know, someone like yeah. controlling all the levers that can, they can just change everything at a moment's notice. I know we, we both, when our in our younger days, used to play online games a lot, and the you know the developers would come and make a bunch of balance changes, and it would just everything would would switch. The meta would change. You'd have to adapt. 
if you're a YouTuber, uh, if you're on Patreon or Twitch, like all these these companies have just absolute power over over the industry. Uh, and it even extends offline as well. You know, if you're an airline and COVID happened or whatever, you know, just like laws lot, as well, like laws for businesses. With. You know, like they're not yeah. allowed to do something. GDPR yeah. and privacy and you know, cookies so and happens. all this kind of stuff. Like it's just a fact of running a business, especially like the bigger you get, the more of this stuff you you have to deal with, and it's kind of you should dedicate at least some of your resources to getting ahead of it rather than, you know, being reactionary all, all the time. I do think there's a few things specific that like online marketing SEO type businesses can can do that I've seen them fall foul of before. When you're trying to scale, you end up scaling all your inefficiencies. And like you said, what got you to, you know, your first 10,000 visits a month doesn't necessarily um, help you compete on the the super competitive keywords or anything like that. So you have to be really, really careful that you're you're kind of evolving what you're doing as you grow and not just scaling. Yeah, I think this is what, what these updates are forcing us to do. It's like, I think we need to be preemptive of them. We need to plan on them happening. And honestly, I feel like the scenario that happens every time a site gets hit is they got complacent editorially and guilty as charged for some sites that got hit. Oh, it's happened to us, for sure. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, yeah. I'm not trying to point at people and be like, you you guys suck. Like, we've done yeah, that too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, would, it's, you know, you, you've been comfortable for like a year, year and a half. You've kept doing the same stuff. Your writers are just used to get the same brief and just give you the same stuff. Maybe like start cutting corners a little bit as they, they give you some of the hundreds article that's on the same template or something. And, uh, and I, in my opinion, it's kind of like the story that repeats itself. Like the people who like carefully craft their, their pages like a, like a jewel and like really spend time on few pages and do it well tend to be much less affected by these. And so I think um, I think there is like this framework of constantly evolving the editorial and constantly updating the content based on that, on like success, successful tests, is going to be, I believe, mandatory to prevent these. I think now, now it's time for us to adapt as SEO people, accept it's a fact of life that these core updates happen and that's the way Google gives you feedback and that uh, we can prevent them by doing a little bit like all the time to keep evolving the editorial and it's never good enough. Like the, the level of content on websites is increasing so much. If you compare compared to three, four, five years ago, like it's it's like we can complain our oh, shit content is ranking, etc. I'm telling you, it's so much better than anything that was around a couple of years ago. And it will probably be the case again in a few years where it will be even better. And so it's just like, you know, there was a time where you could just publish and forget and just <laughs> make money for life, you know? Not anymore. Like, SEO is a different game now. It's a subscription game, you know? Like you, you pay a subscription instead of paying one off to get your traffic, but it's still very, very profitable when you do it properly. It's just a matter of adapting. And usually periods like these are the periods where you see the people who will make it long-term compared yeah, to the people who, who will up. not, you know? And so it's a, it's a matter of just, you know, taking it calmly, but also understanding that you can't keep going the same way. And so like, yeah, we're, we're working on new ways to, to adapt with that. I've mentioned a little bit of this in this podcast, but I encourage people to do something similar so that you can prevent future updates affecting you that way. And if you've lost traffic, gain it back slowly. I don't think, I mean, either slowly or next update, you'll just jump back up. Like it depends how go, how it's going to go basically. But yeah, anything else you want to add? Yeah, just use the opportunity if you have been hit to make the improvements which you could argue you you should have been making or maybe you should have been making anyway so this uh, the the updates can can often be just more like a kick up the ass to yeah. actually 
take some action on that. And to go back on the physics snippet stuff, like it's annoying. I agree, it's annoying. But it's not a completely gated thing where you need to be DR80 to get a feature snippet. Like you just need to be a decent, like you need to be a mid mid uh, high like uh, the authority side to get feature snippets again. It's it's achievable for most people. It's still reachable. It's just like your low, your DR5 site will not get. It seems like it's going to be quite complicated to get feature snippets with it. But as you grow it and as you become a bit more age as a website and a bit more authoritative, it's still reachable. So while it's annoying, it's not the end of the world, and you know you can still grow your site without them. It's a little bit harder, I agree, but it's still doable. Any final words of wisdom? I don't recommend getting COVID. I was gonna say <laughs> any tip for COVID. <laughs> Okay, and herpes also. Uh, <laughs> you know, now people on Reddit are going to start saying like, uh, we talk about... <laughs> the, there's a conspiracy <laughs> going on here somehow. I, I kind of like like launching these these random rumors like this and people just, uh, it gets people chatting, you know. But, okay, uh, but not this one. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the worst ones that are the funniest ones, you know, it's like, so yeah, the, you never know. But anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, subscribe, like, and drop us a comment. And uh, we'll see you in two weeks for another episode that is hopefully going to be a little bit more upbeat. But good luck if you deal with core updates. It's not the end of the world. You can recover. I recommend you maybe go back and listen to that section on testing that I mentioned because I'm really quite positive from the early stuff I've seen from that. And see you in two weeks. Bye.